So, Rhett. Yes, did you Zach? Re- did you record a track? Remember that joke? Oh, my God. I actually forgot about that joke. <laughs> we have a track now. We do. You know that that track started, it was something that I was going to make a video on. I was going to do, what is the tone bender sound? And then I ditched the whole video idea because I didn't like how the track was coming out. Mm. Oh, but so then this is I like figured, a garbage track. Yeah, it's a sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually thought, actually, this is a perfect sort of intro podcast track. So Man. I played my bass through my tape echo up here. So that's real reverb, real tape echo on the bass. Um, so for whatever that, that's worth. I, I like it. I think it's fun. And you know what? I think, uh, and I, I've mentioned this to you before about uh, making like background music. Because I said, sure. you need to get some tracks to Tested. Yes. Because some of the tested like music is, is fine. It's It all sounds very, I bought this at a website with, right. you know, royalty free but man that would be so cool <laughs> or, or i would just, love that or just take stuff you've already recorded and like let's say hey tag me in the description here you can use it so i've i've been watching a lot of tested recently yes you and i are both mutual fans of saint adam savage it's the only thing that i'm a patron of is tested. i'm about to sign up for their patron at patreon i think it's there's a um, lot of good stuff i'm watching all their stuff all the time and uh, I really, really genuinely love Adam Savage and his, just his approach on things and, mm-hmm. and his approach to like life and work and how to make a living. And he was, he's been talking about recently, you know, makers. And I've always, I've always seen makers as people that like do what he does. They fiddle, fiddle around in workshops and they build shit. And yeah. that's just not me. But he changed my perspective on that. Yeah. He was like, a maker is anyone that makes things. And he literally said, like, if you're a musician, if you're a writer, if you are a, a you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, we are makers. And so now I've gone back and been watching his content through the lens of sort of a, a peer. And mm-hmm. so much as like someone who is making things for a living rather than just someone standing on the outside thing like, man, that's cool. I wish I could make a really cool case for a microscope and weather it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I find Adam's approach to everything very inspiring, and uh, all the while, anytime you see him talking to someone else, he's so humble and and he feels very human. Even though yeah. he was one of the stars of arguably one of the biggest TV shows that that ran for a very long time, and he just seems like a very down to earth person. But it, it, a lot of his approaches to inventory management or at least component management of things is, is like eye opening for me and, and, and a lot of it. And I, I just, I'm really, I, I don't know. I'm enamored by a lot of the stuff that he does and just, um, I, I, I want to meet him and, and, and I, I do too. I know he's seen a positron collider cause it was on his desk. So <laughs> I have a, at least something interesting to talk about to, <laughs> to him whenever I do. I, he, He's probably one of the only people that if I ever got to meet, I would be so nervous. Right. Starstruck wouldn't know what to say because I grew up on Mythbusters. Like that show came out in 2001. I was 11 Mm -hmm. and I watched it. I watched all of it for and that was a 10 or 11 year run. So from 11 to 20 or 21 years old, I watched Mythbusters religiously. Right. So, man. Yeah. What a what a guy. Yeah. Super exciting. So what's been uh, going on since last week? I think I'm wearing the same hat. So the 
Um, well, you know, just making videos, doing the thing. I think we finally got a contractor lined up for the studio build. So this is for mm-hmm. the for the studio build saga, which is now six months old. Um, we've hit some snags, and we needed some real deal contractors to come in because we are now doing some like deep, deep surgery on the house. Like we're having to do some real structural stuff, and it's stuff that needs to be done right, or else literally my house could cave in <laughs> if yeah so um it's been real hard to try and find somebody right now so luckily i think we found a guy um he's too busy for and and honestly he's not making enough off of this job but he's doing it kind of as a he's a friend of a family friend he's doing it as a favor favor sure um but yeah so that's good uh so it looks like construction on the studio is going to f- jump back into full steam ahead in like early March. Nice. Which is good. Um, and yeah, that's all to report here. When, when the studio is back or when, the, well, when the studio's in some semblance of finished is, the, is the backstage live, like the, the live gig is going to resume or is that what, what's going to be the state of that sort of thing? I would like to bring back a version of Backstage Live. I think we'll call it something different because admittedly, I hate the name Backstage Live. We went with it because we needed to name it something and we were running out of time. We couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. I really want to bring Deacon Knight back together. I love that band. Yeah. That is is like the, the clearest representation of me musically that I've ever had is that band. Right. Um, so I think it'll be a possibility um, I was thinking today, like what I want to start doing as part of the thing is putting together really nice mixed shot well performances down there and just putting them on my YouTube channel. Yeah. It's something I've never done before, but it'd be cool to have. I was listening to um, like Neil Young today and I was like, man, Noah, Noah and, and Good Trouble, we would destroy a cover i won't say which song yet but i was like we could really really do a cool version of this song so why not do it in my studio and film it just put it on my youtube channel yeah um and if it gets ten thousand views that's amazing ten thousand people watch this play if it gets a hundred thousand views or a million views holy shit that's amazing so that's one thing i want to do down there you know what youtube i and forgive me for not remembering the guy's name you can't mistake it when i when i say what it is that i've been enjoying it's this guy that does if blink 182 wrote like wonderwall and then he also does if uh like a punk song was a country song and he did, yeah i follow him on tiktok he did he did a cover of fat lip that's <laughs> like a pop country song if it it's fantastic and it's so so good it's so i've good. really been I, enjoying it I can't remember his name because the thing about TikTok is I follow all these people, right. but I never you can never really pay attention to their usernames, so right. I just know them when they pop up. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's amazing, right? Yeah, he's he's great. Um, which I think that is very funny. It's not funny, but it's like an interesting approach, like doing something like someone else, and like people really seem to enjoy it. So um, yeah. I don't oh, and other and other nerdy news that our uh, our listeners and viewers will enjoy. So, um, rest in peace. My blue chip pick oh, yes. of two and a half years was um, murdered <laughs> brutally and viciously by my dog, Penny. Um, so, I made a post about it on Instagram, and 
long story short, the owner of Blue Chip got in touch with me and he just sent me his number and was like, hey, give me a call. Let's talk about picks. And so I did. And it was one of the best conversations I've ever had. <laughs> um, I'll spare you all the details, but I learned a lot about Blue Chip and what they do. And we talked about this over Destiny yeah. chat the other yeah, night. Yeah. Um, but for our listeners, um, I have I have one other blue chip. I don't like this one as much. This is the TAD uh, 50. This is like one of the bit. Oh, I put on manual focus. It's like the this is like, mandolin pick. Yeah, I don't like the wide shape. Um, but this material, he was explaining to me what they what they do. So his his basically his day gig, he owns a machine shop outside of Knoxville and they machine blue chip machine. They machine very, very precise ceramic parts that go into machines that make microchips, basically. And they use this material as part of the things that they machine. And this started because one day they just decided that, oh, let's let's machine a guitar pick out of it. So that's the first thing. These picks are machined on a CNC yeah. because this material you cannot mold, you cannot melt, you cannot burn. It's made by DuPont. A 10-inch by 10-inch sheet that is three-quarters of an inch thick, basically the sheet of a notebook paper that's three-quarters of an inch thick, of this material is $8,000 US. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, I love blue chip picks. I don't. I have like three, um, but I, I don't use them that much uh, because – I, I, I always put them in my watch pocket on my pants. Right. And then I will just like throw my pants on the floor and then I can't find the picks I like. I've lost so many picks by doing that. Right. So I, can, I have a dedicated pick pouch that they live in. So when I do feel fancy, I'll grab one. But blue chips, it's one of those things. It's like people say, why would you spend so much money on a pick? It's like, why would you spend so much money on sunglasses? Like you, there's yeah. a reason like they're better and you don't lose them when you spend money on something. Yeah, nice. dude, I, I had mine for two and a half years, yeah. and and it I I started that post as a joke, but then I started really thinking about oh shit, what what all has this pick done? Yeah, and for a single guitar pick, it's quite a bit. And the thing about it is, this material is so strong that it doesn't wear out. That's part of the thing. It lasts for two and a half years because the bevels don't wear out. In fact, they have to machine these bevels into the pick. Mm -hmm. So he was explaining to me that they have right-handed picks and left-handed picks. They do. Yes, they do. Which is crazy. I've never thought about that. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, Blue Chip, uh, incredibly nice guy. He's also a big car guy, big hot rod collection, which spoke to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, I got an '87 short bed square body out in the, in the driveway right now." He's like, "No way, man! I got I just bought one of those from a buddy of mine." Was, <laughs> oh man! Well, moment. Real quick for me because I I do I gotta I want to this this might be a, a shorter pod than the normal, but we got a hard out today. Uh, I um nothing's been going on too much. I've been interviewing a few people about uh, the new just assembly position, so that's been fun. Uh, may have a few people kind of in the running, which is which is great. Um, but in non-guitar news, uh, I found a light that will go on the eventual Ecto-1 that I'm building. Yeah. And did I send this to you? Uh, you told me about okay. it, but you didn't send it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to post a picture. But the, it is, um, it's a light that goes on top of the Ecto-1. It's called a Propello Ray. It's made by a federal company. They made sirens and uh, lights for, you know, oh. 
fire engines and stuff back in the day. And this light, it's on top of the Ecto-1. And I found my 59 Cadillac in like 2008. Yep. And when that started, I made a save search on eBay for this light because everyone said, this is the rarest thing. In those subsequent years, I've seen more 59 Cadillacs like mine. I've never seen the light. I've never seen... 13 years? Mm -hmm. 14 years? I've never seen a single um, Propello Ray pop up on eBay, busted nothing. And one showed up, perfect condition. I think it might have been restored and re-chromed because it looks brand new. Uh, Works. The motor works. And how this light works is it's... it's, um, it looks like a siren, but it's a light that spins. Right. Um, and in the movie, when you first see the Ecto-1, when the doors open, you see all the lights come on. And on the top right of the car, you see this little red light start spinning. And that's the only scene where it spins because the motor burn out right after that. Oh, on the hero car? On the, on the just... real car. There was, only, there was only one, you know, in the first movie. Um, so uh, I found it and I had to buy it. And it was not cheap. But I don't imagine it was cheap. It was it was fifteen hundred dollars, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But think about that: it's looking for something for over ten years and never finding one. Yeah, you have to jump. You have to. It's your white whale, and and then you find one, and it's perfect, and it yeah. works, and it'll spin. Yeah. It's like almost priceless. It, it is, and like to me, even if I never finish that car, and I have that just sitting on a shelf. To have something rare and is so personal to me is 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 worth everything. Yeah, just as an object, like you could just put it on your shelf somewhere and just look at it. Yeah, yeah. that's super cool. Yeah, and that's awesome. Well, anyway, uh, I, I we do have a rig. Uh, I thought we might not, but there was one. I know there was one submitted in the in the Discord chat, but I just picked this before. And on our on our new uh, Streamyard thing, I have to make a picture into a PDF. To post it in the stream. So shout out uh, to those tech technologically savvy of you that want to submit your rigs. Maybe submit them as a PDF. If, Make if our jobs can. a little bit easier. Yes. So this is from Chris Carvalho. So let me get this add to stream. There it is. Whoa. Okay. Pow. Whoa. So this is a lot. And, and then he sent a bunch of pictures. But in the interest of time, I only did the, 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 the hero shot. So what we got here, it's some pretty good stuff. So uh, I never gig with all this gear, he says, but I play play in four bands, an original band, tribute band, and a funk soul band. And I sit in sometimes with a blues band. So this is the gear that he brings depending on the band and the venue. Uh, So what we got is an AC30 hand wired with Alnico Blue, a deluxe reverb reissue with a green back, a deluxe reverb tone master with a cream back. And, uh, uh, guitars, we have a Vintera Strat, which when I was looking at that, I thought it might be something even fancier. It looks great. Yeah, that looks great. Uh, an ES345, a Rickenbacker 33012, and then his, he's got two boards here, um, zip through them, a small board, TC Mini Hall of Fame, uh, Mini Flashback, EP Booster, Exotic SL Drive, and a Boss Tuner. And then the large board has a switcher for switching channels on the amps, a Hall of Fame, a Flashback, a Carbon Copy, a CE2. I think it's a Waza. Oh, no, that's no, a vintage one. Wait. It might be a Waza. I don't know. Um, I'll look. An EP Booster. No, that's a, that's a Waza. Okay. That's a Waza. A Lightspeed, a Mjolnir, a Wildwood Mjolnir, a Golden Fleece, a Polytune, and a Lark. And- 
And a lark. A mythos lark, which I think this is the first lark that we've... It, it might this be the, the first, first one. lark. On a rig. You know, I was... I was I put my lark on it. So I was coming supposed to come to Nashville this week to play a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID struck again. I, uh, not me, but in in our camp, and so we had to cancel the show. But the lark was on my board. It was coming up. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's talk about the guitars first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strat and three thirty five with that combo. That's everything you need. Nothing you don't. Done. Right there. Done. Done. The Rick three thirty twelve. So this is a uh, this is a new thing for me. I'm on a hunt. I want an early to mid nineties Rick mm. three thirty. Yeah, six string in Fire Glow. You've been I'm inspired. Listen to a lot of Tom Petty or something. Well, yes, always. I mean, he's all <laughs> constant rotation for me. Right. I I worship Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few weeks ago, I got to go see Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. They came and did four nights at the Tabernacle here in Atlanta. And Sadler Vaden, who is a personal guitar hero mm-hmm. of mine, on a couple songs, pulled out a Fire Glow Rick 330. And God, it just, it was it, man. It The look and the sound, ugh, I need a Rick. Uh, and I want to do a video on Rickenbacker. 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 Yeah. Tom Petty did say Rickenbacker, so. Yeah. I think that is probably that and Diodario Diodario are the two most mispronounced <laughs> yeah. things in the guitar world. Or maybe Piezo. I don't, I don't know. Piezo? Piezo? Uh, ca- piezo? No, it's Piezo. Does anybody say? Piezo? Well, the, the People Eng- say Piezo? Well, and Capo, the English say Capo, but they also dr- drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> so this, I'm uh, not, I don't. Piezo? I've heard people say. Piezo? It's not. That's weird. Anyways. <clears throat> so guitar setup. Amazing. Um, if anyone out there is selling an early nineties fire glow, Rick three thirty, hit me up. Mm. Uh, I'm in, I'm serious about buying one. Um, I got a few feelers out, but, uh, wow. What a cool guitar. Super great. And like that, that's, I, I'm sorry. Thanks to the, the HX 50 and, um, my Saris S I'm, I'm starting to be more into strats, uh, again, cause I was like a strat guy for years. Right. And then I started playing Gibsons. Even with your wrist. Even with my wrist. It, 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 but I play, that was back when I gigged and I always played standing up. And so it wasn't as big of a, an issue. But as I started playing more sitting down, it was less comfortable. And that's where the, the Saris feels more at home. But, um, but the sound of it, cause I've always liked it, but having that loud amp and, and that guitar, it's like, oh, that, I've been missing that, you know, cause, I don't know, but we can, we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I've I've started playing my John Mayer Strat a lot more yeah. recently, you know. And to me that's like the the only Strat really I ever need. I I think Fender really hit the nail on the head with that Strat. It's but, fantastic. Uh, okay, let's look let's move on to the pedal boards here. Okay. So starting with the small board, I love you said that's the EP boost, right? He's got the EP boost and the SL drive <sighs> there. I need to get another EP boost. I had one and I sold it, which was dumb because I sold it for like 50 bucks. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, because at the time they just weren't doing anything on reverb. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I should have I just kept it. And uh, for those of you that aren't that don't know, EP boost is modeled after the preamp in the Echoplex, mm-hmm. which is really great. You can use uh, the, the multi-echo above me here also does a similar kind of thing. You can use the preamp in the tape echo to hit the front end of the amp harder, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Hall of Flame. Hall of, I did the same thing. Hall of Flame. Hall of Flame. Squeak. Flashback. Cool. Yeah. 
Great little board. Now, Easy. main board. Mm. This is this is right up my alley. Right up my alley. It's. I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet. So, a lot of this is is fairly well known stuff. Like you know the hall, yeah. uh, TC Electronic. Like I mean, it, it's great. It's, it does what it's supposed to do. The carbon copy is great. Um, CE two, one of my personal favorites. Uh, I hope to make something similar to that one day. We've we've gone on on and on about the light speed in the Wildwood, but you, we've not in the podcast have we spoken of the Lark? Has that even come not really? Up? Which is weird because we worked so hard on that, or I, you worked so I, hard on that thing that tormented me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of the Lark, man. Yeah, it's really cool, and I I'm just gonna say it. I want to take that tremolo out of the Lark and make mm-hmm. a tremolo that's just a single knob tremolo like that. Yeah, you should. It sounds awesome. So I pulled mine out this week and was playing it. And I really, because the idea with this week, the gig we were going to play in Nashville was called a whiskey jam. And it was a festival style. Like we only had three songs. So I was just going to play my tone master deluxe. And then I, the Lark was going to be the always on kind of give the, the amp a little bit more dirt mm-hmm. sort of thing. And God, it's such a great pedal. Yeah. We, we really, killed it on that thing i i need to go back and play it because it's been it's been months or it it may i don't know the last time i played it because like we wrapped them i was so uh kind of burnt out on it yeah dude because it was there was an issue for a long time right it was late 2019 uh we're working on it because i took the prototype to the netherlands on tour yeah. And you had just finished out the prototype. And there was this issue, there's a noise issue trying to track down, right? Right. So the noise the the, the noise was coming from the overdrive and uh the overdrive's interaction with the, the tremolo. Because like one by themselves would be fine, but we 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 tried to for those that don't know, we tried to encapsulate a Gibson Skylark, the small GA five T. The small five watt amp in a pedal and I wanted it to sound like you, your amp transformed into that. Yeah. And the, I think that in and of itself, that first, the initial prototype sounded good. It was just so damn noisy. Yeah. And I couldn't chase it out. So I went through five or six revisions with different iterations of the, of the overdrive circuit, entirely new circuits. And what I landed on was miles apart from where it mm-hmm. started but the thing that that killed me is the first 50 or so were all through hole and they had a lot of parts and this was like me yeah. doing it myself and then the, the latter half were were surface mount and they were way easier but it was just so much work and it was at a it was just it got to the point where i was just so annoyed at um at building them and that happens even with stuff i like uh that I was just over it. And and someone asked why it was discontinued. And I think it kind of, we made a hundred ish and yeah. then we, we, we sold a lot direct and then a few went to dealers and they just kind of sat. And then I think both of us kind of just went, well, maybe we'll do something else. Yeah. Well, and the thing was too, is it was such an ordeal getting the thing done yeah. for you that it was like, okay, well, let's move on to something else. Oh, and then you, and the you knobs went into the delay. Out. That's right. The knobs ran out. Uh, but you went into the delay right after that. So right yeah. after the Lark, you your next big project was the Oracle, and then it was all hands on deck for the Oracle. Yeah. Maybe we should do this. 
I like the idea of just keeping the original hundred, the hundred. Yeah. And if you, if you find one on reverb, there's only a hundred of them. So do with that information what you will. Maybe we split it into two different pedals though. You do the tremolo. That's just a single knob trim. And then we do the drive section as just a two knob drive. Well, I, <laughs> I'm working on something that oh, I know about it. Uh, no, this is different. <laughs> oh, then the thing, the other thing, the other, this is totally different. Wait, I, why don't I have know about so this? many new pedals in that are on the bench being tested, being worked on, uh, that's, um, could maybe do what the Lark did on the overdrive side without having to, you know, I don't know. We may, maybe we'll make a Lark edition of something coming. Okay. But anyway, let's rate this reg and let's get into some conversation because. All right. Well, the amps, I mean, we got to touch on the amps. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hand-wired Fawn AC30. Great. Yeah. Just great. I mean, come on. So come on. I have a love-hate relationship with the hand-wired stuff, but I think for all intents and purposes, it's a, they're really, they're nice amps. Yeah, they're really nice amps. Deluxe Reverb, great. Also love the Tone Master. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Okay, here's the deal. You got the light speed. He's got the 335. He's got the AC30. He's got the Lark. Bonus points for the Lark. <laughs> this is 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, my God. This is a dead ringer. I, I say that because I could, if that rig was even just one of those amps, those guitars sitting on a stage, I could step into that role and immediately have my sound. Yeah. How I want to hear it immediately. So it's 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, in any combination of these, I, I'm not, well, I don't like 12 string Ricks because the neck is so narrow. I like a six string Rick. Um, so like as much as I would enjoy playing that for filling a part, it wouldn't be a guitar. I mean, like obviously that's not going to be anyone's go-to guitar. Like sure. for everything, because is is a twelve string anyone's go to guitar though? I, I mean, if you're Roger McGuinn or whatever, you know maybe. <laughs> uh, but I I was thinking a straight nine because it's like wow. I I, I have a little bit of a love hate with with the hand wired boxes and same with the deluxe. Like right out of the box, the Tone Master solves some of that. But it's like I mean a nine out of ten is like I mean. You're winning right <laughs> yeah yeah killing it really great rig yeah wow really enjoy it <clears throat> so there we go thank you patrons boom boom look at that for all your support. two weeks in a row yeah oh and check this out hey if you are a, a supporter on patreon you can submit your rig to diptontone at gmail.com look at us <laughs> this thing is, is fancy there's buttons and this is fancy you got buttons and you got switches and you got all kinds of shit up there <laughs> well hey, man so supposedly you had a conversation about amplifiers and i thought maybe we after novo's last episode talking about loud amps i was thinking about loud amps and you were thinking about amps or talking about amps so i thought maybe we could talk about loud amps <laughs> loud amps all right so i just ordered a uh 1959 hw mm-hmm. the 100 watt marshall plexi and i got an email today <gasps> From Marshall saying, hey, one was just returned from a dealer. There's nothing wrong with it, but we're going to go through it anyways. And uh, we can have it to you in the next week or so instead of having you wait for six months. I said, yes, please. Yeah. Sign me up for that. So I should have a 100-watt Plexi 
um, and a 412. I don't know if the cab's going to get here at the same time, but right. Well, you yeah. could. You got cabs. You can make it. Work. I got cabs. <laughs> cabs on cabs. Until my studio's done, I can't. I don't play through cabs anyways. I yeah. just use the Ox or the Captor X. But uh, yeah, today I had a long conversation with my good friend Noah Guthrie uh, about amplifiers. He's he's getting the itch for a new amp. He's got a Doctor Z Cure right right now. What what's the Cure's thing? Is it just like loud clean or what is it? I don't, I don't even um, know. I'm going to be honest with you. The Cure is okay. Okay, and it. It filled a need for Noah at the time. At the time, Noah needed to move into an amp that had a little bit of breakup to it, and he was on a super limited budget, and this one was used, and it was the right price at the right time. Mm. The problem that Noah and I have with the Cure is you can't get it to not sound boxy. They've swapped Uh, the speaker. He's put a green back in it, but it's just a little 112, and... It's just tough to get it, it – the mid-range is weird on it. It's sure. it's hard to get that thing to dial in. And the way Noah plays, he's a rhythm electric player. So we had a long conversation today about amps. He's got my Bad Cat Cub 40R because that's like my good trouble touring rig. So it lives in South Carolina. I told him, I was like, dude, pull my Bad Cat out of its case and, and start playing that. Uh, right. He's also got my Tone Master Deluxe up there because that's part of our rig. So it's like just – Pull my amps out and start experimenting and playing stuff and see where your heart leads you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's we we talked for a long time about it though. So that I think that's something that you don't until you start comparing small combos, you don't notice that boxiness. And it's there's I don't think there's any way to save it. It's the cab. It's the cab. Yeah. And here's what I recommended for him. Cause he was, you know. Uh, what do I get? And I want something British voice. I, he, he's looking to get rid of the boxiness is what he wants. Right. So I said, before you buy another amp, you need to buy a reactive load box. Like you need to either get the Captor X or you need to get the Ox. And this mm-hmm. is part of our amp discussion here because these these pieces of gear, the Ox and the Captor X and the Sur reactive load IR, for example, these have opened up kind of a new way of thinking about stuff because your cabinet and your speaker have such a huge impact on the, the tone and the response of an amplifier. Yeah. Having a piece of gear like that, not only does it allow you for Noah's case, he's living at home, he's recording at home, he's, he's tracking at home. He doesn't have a wide mic selection. He can't turn his Dr. Z up to record it where it's in its sweet spot. Yeah. So it allows you to do that, allows you to get your amp in the sweet spot, allows you to record silently, but it also opens you up to a wide variety of speaker and cabinet and mic combinations, which can take a, an amp like the Dr. Z, the Cure, which I think is a cool circuit. Mm-hmm. It breaks up, it's punchy, it's kind of tweety. Yeah. And it fixes the problem of the small 112 boxy cabinet because if you ran it through a Captor X, well, then I could you could take that Cure and run it through a 412 with greenbacks or right. a Vox 212 with Alnico Blues and put a 121 and a 57 in front of it, right? It opens up all these options for you. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more eye-opening than taking a combo amp and running it through a cab in person and really hearing what the amp is capable of with a larger box. And it's, I I think if you're going to be recording, if that's going to be, Something, especially, you know, with, with everything going on right now, I, I think it's the smartest move 
possible because the limitations kind of go away. And yeah. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of money and I think it's not some, it's not a decision that anybody should make lightly because, you know, how much is an ox? Like 1600 bucks. Well, but it is and it isn't. So yeah, the ox is, I think what, 1200, something like is that. I don't, new. I can't remember. The Captor X is 600 new. So if you're looking at, and this is where we got with Noah today, where it's like, okay, do you buy another amp? Right. And so he was, he wants something more British voiced. And I said, okay, well, Go try my Cub 40R. Yeah. It's EF86 or 12AX7s in the preamp, and it's EL... Actually, I think that one's EL34s in the power amp section, but it's more of a British voice kind of amp. Or Morgan AC20, for example. Mm -hmm. He loves my AC20. All right, well, for an AC20 head, you're going to spend at least $1,200, $1,100. And and that's just going to give you one, quote-unquote, sound, whereas... You spend six hundred bucks on something like the reactive load, the the Captor X, for example. You can take the amps you already have access to, and then open them up to a. For those of you that are listening or watching who haven't experienced this, switching speakers and switching cabinets and switching microphones and mic pr- placement has almost basically as big an impact as switching amps completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do so much. Now, you're not going to make a Fender Deluxe sound like a Marshall Plexi, no. but you can fix a lot of the issues. So like Noah's problem is, oh, it sounds boxy and I just can't get it to sound the way I want. Okay, cool. Well, get rid of the 112 little small box cabinet and there you go. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Like <clears throat> that the boxiness is I, – I, that's the thing I can't stand the most with so many small amps, like the Blues Junior. Um, yeah. I, I I just can't stand like it's fine by itself sometimes like you don't notice it but the moment you start playing in a band and this is probably you know for him playing at volume it's so obvious how small it sounds yeah and I don't know you know like it, let, let's say let's take recording out of the equation um, is the way to go re- replacing it like if you're only look at your gigging amp like. If you had the cure and you were on a fixed budget, where do you go? Do you get a cab? Do you get a one by twelve and like try to pair it with it? Do you get a two by twelve? Like what? What would you do, uh, knowing that that's going to be another piece of equipment that you have to move? Like where? How would yeah. you take it? If I were in Noah's position, I know his budget. I know his what he's doing. If I were in his position, I would my next purchase would be the Captor X. Yeah. At 100%. I'd go buy one and I would buy a couple of cab packs. Now, this is this is the thing to consider with the Captor X specifically. If you're looking at Captor X versus Aux, okay? Right. So let's say you find a used Aux. I don't even know what they're going for. I'll look it up quickly. But They're, they're 15 new, so right. they're probably around 11 or 12 used. All right, so let's just say for sake of argument, the Aux is 1,100 new. Well, you the nice thing about the Aux is you get everything from the start, you get all the cabinets, you get all the microphones, you get all the two notes. Their thing is like selling you cabinet packs right. and all that stuff, which is cool because, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the aux that I just don't use. Yeah. But um, with it's not just like you buy the Captor X and then you're done. You end up purchasing some cabinet packs to kind of find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let me just see quickly what an aux is on reverb right now. Okay, yeah. So used from, let's see, 1200, 1295, 1297. People are selling these for $1,300. Well, yeah. So 1400 They're pricing it. It's like with, with, with the... The two notes thing, you're buying into that ecosystem. It's right. And, and I think that's that's where you have to decide, like, do I want to do that? Because I didn't when I yeah. when I got my aux. I didn't want to have to deal with, oh, is this another thing that I'm gonna be that I'm gonna have to get or that I'm gonna be tempted by. Um, yeah. but I do yeah. think if you're really doing a lot of serious recording, the the helix opened up my eyes to IRs and everything. Like having your IR pack and just I bought a few from Eminence. It, I, I got it. it. The 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 switch was flipped, and I understood. Yeah. Oh, this is why that's so valuable. Not that it, I never had a problem with how any of those things sounded. Um, I think at the time when I got the aux, I wanted the attenuator as well, and the two notes equivalent was like the big rack thing. Yeah, and it it didn't make sense because I got the aux like pretty soon after they were like released. Yeah, yeah. available. Yeah, but the thing is, man, with either one of these units now, it's like, okay, so I just bought a 100-watt Plexi, Marshall. Five years ago, that amp would have never been on my radar. Right. Because, like, even at home, I can't use that amp. It's too, like, it's just too damn loud. Right. A 100-watt Plexi is just not usable. But the thing is, with an Aux or Captor X, now it's completely usable. Mm -hmm. My, My Plexi video that I made with Rick's Plexi... Uh, a week or two ago, I didn't even grab a cabinet. I just used it with the aux the whole time, and right. I, I pulled up a Marshall four twelve with greenbacks, like the right cab in the in the aux, and it was the sound, and it was completely silent the whole time. I tracked it through my studio monitors or with headphones on, and yep. it was amazing. So that's the thing about amps nowadays is with with these things, you can now have any amp you want. So like a Soldano, I would love an SLO. Oh my God. Um, that's like <laughs> in terms of the high gain stuff, that's, that's kind of the one high gain amp I really want, but I want the SLO 100. I know they make the 30 yeah, and that's cool. It's, it's, it's uh usable and it, you know, it's only 30 Watts, but I, dude, just get the hundred. If you've got an aux or captor X or a sur reactive load or any of these other things, like just get the real thing, right. just get the full big boy, big power amp, you know, big output transformer, the whole thing. And run it into one of these, and there you go. Call it a day. So what – like going back to the boxy thing, is there an amp oh, Sorry. in like – let's say – because what was that cure? You know, like – It was like, $1,000. $1,000. $1,000. Like that – I mean, like thinking about that for a second, $1,000 for a, a a boutique amp that's handmade in – well, like outside Akron or something. They made in Ohio, yeah. um, I think, right? Yeah, I, I think so. But um, like, that's that's pretty mind boggling. Like, what else could you get? Like, if 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 someone's coming into this saying, "I need a gigging amp that doesn't sound like that," yeah. um, what do you get? Like, where do you go? Like, what amps don't? But but for don't, a thousand bucks or for around that? Maybe like, let's look at what the aux costs. I mean, I, I think fifteen hundred dollars for an amp gives you. A lot of possibilities. I mean, let's maybe we try to focus on stuff that's new uh, or, or readily available because I think you know saying used is pretty 
it's it's almost too much. There's too many options. But well, and also it depends on when someone's watching or listening right. to this podcast. Like you know, it's yeah. it's so subjective in that way. Yeah, but how um, like is there an amp like a like a Vox AC30? Is that expansive enough? You think like does that have what you would want from like what he's wanting with a, like a bigger feeling sound like what what else out there kind of does oh that? i mean yeah an ac30 will move some air well like, a bit like, like ac30s are loud i mean the cure is probably like a similar wattage yeah but the thing is you're moving into a 212 versus right. a 112 and that immediate and you're moving into a bigger box because yeah. of the you know my, my 64 is is right over here it's two and a half times the size of noah's cure yeah like no, it's probably two times. Literally, like if you took two cures and stacked them together, that's an AC thirty. So, but again, here's the thing. This is why I don't like combo amps. I, I, mm-hmm. you can see behind me. Like, yeah, heads in my opinion are the way to go because they are just in terms of the amplifier. They're generally less expensive than the combo version. And then if you get one or two different cabinet options, or like we've been talking about an aux or captor X, then you can sort start mixing and matching. You can have a really great sounding one twelve. I'm a big fan of the port city OS cabinets. Right. So like the port city wave OS one twelve because it's almost the size of a two twelve. So it, it doesn't sound boxy. It doesn't feel boxy. It's got a ton of low end. I have a two twelve OS that punches and feels like a 412. Mm-hmm. If you get those speakers moving in that cab, it it feels like a 412, but it's not. Yeah. It's not as loud as a 412. So buying a head and then getting one or two cabinets, swapping speakers, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of the question, you know, for around 1500 bucks, yeah, if you can find an AC30 I'm just looking on reverb right now. Yeah, it, uh, VT Jumper said a Hot Rod series amp, effortless headroom, and, and he says just deals the diaper, which I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> I, dude, I don't like the Hot Rod Fenders. I don't either. The, the Hot Rod Deluxe, they don't sound good. I, I agree. I mean, they're uh, every time, and I've told this before. Every time I would play one, and I was with my buddy, uh, who he and I before I moved to Nashville would go to Nashville and try amps or try anything. We'd just be guitar hunting. Right. I'd play a hot rod. He's like, why don't you get a real amp? <laughs> and that's like, Dude, that's a, that's a deep, like that's a strong fighting word right there. Words. But well, you know but I, it's, yeah, it's not that they're not real. Yeah. But oh, they, shit. they just don't here's a, sound very good. Here's a 30, a 1991 fawn AC 30 112. So this is, this is the Marshall era. Mm-hmm. This is like the one to have. For your boy Rhett here. Okay. 112 AC. Damn it. I'm not on audio. It's focus. fine. Sorry. It's fine. I know um, what they look like. 1700 bucks. You. Wait, is that high? I can't tell. I don't know if it's high, but. <laughs> Color me interested. <sighs> it's in Spain. Oh. You got to ship it. It'll never make it. <laughs> oh, no. It's a 212. It's got greenbacks in it. Just, uh, just buy it and leave it over there. Next time you're. Yeah, next time I'm in Spain. In Spain. <laughs> like, hey, can you come to I'll Barcelona this and bring in. that in? Uh, it's uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. No, this is the one to have, though, as far as AC30s go. Right. The early 90s. Because like these a, were built by Marshall. What's a new Vox? Let me get a Sweetwater. 
Yeah, let's jump Come on, on Sweetwater. Let's, 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 um... Oh, shit, there's a 64 on here, like mine. Oh. Look at you. Dude, okay. So I paid four grand for mine, mm-hmm. and it's it's mint, all right? It's got the stand with it. See it yes. over in the corner? There she is, under Jimmy. <laughs> right. Um, That's a painting, by the way, not a poster. Guess what this one's listed for? Eight. 6500 Oh, well, <laughs> $450 shipping. Well, I mean, you'd it? have to, I'd, I'd put it on a truck. Oh, it's in Italy. That's why. Yeah. Okay. So on Sweetwater, a normal AC30 C2X with Alnico Blues is $19.99. I'm trying to find a, uh, okay. One with just normal, I think just with greenbacks. Yes. That's, it's 1500 bucks. Okay, bucks. dude, and you know what? So snobbery and all that aside, you're getting into an AC30, brand new, fifteen hundred bucks. That is a super gigable amp. You could play any room you needed to play with an AC30. Um, right. you know, it does the 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 British sound, does the AC30 thing, and and the new AC30s because when they first came out with like after the Korg era after. I guess well, they're still owned by Korg. I think. Oh, okay. Well, after the Marshall era, um, when they when they reissued the AC30 again, yeah, and they were made overseas. Mm-hmm. Those first ones were atrocious. The yeah, I, I had one and I retubed it, and when I retubed it, literally every screw on the back panel stripped. Like I stripped the head on all of them. Um, yeah, I used to play a church gig where they had a hand wired AC 30 head from that era. I think it was like 2010, I want to say. And it never sounded good. It was way too harsh and shrill in the top end. I never got that amp to sound right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't played like a new one, like go down to, or go on Sweetwater and buy a new one. Right. I don't know what they're like now. I've played the more recent ones that, you know, used ones that would come by and, and they're, they're, they're way better because the, the first ones are they just they're harsh and and like you said, uh, and it's been a long time since I played any of the hand wires too. I, I'm not, I have a love hate relationship with those. I think they look great and sometimes they sound good. I hear people make them sound good. I can't get them to sound good. Yeah. Um, but well, so actually, per our discussion, so what is our price? Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look on dude. Bad Cat Cub Forty R. The head, brand new, I think it's twelve hundred. That's pretty cheap. Like, and that amp now it's it's printed circuit board. The Cub Forty R okay. is printed circuit board, whereas the non the hand wired version is quite a bit more expensive. Um, but I have gigged that amp, and I really really like it. It's got a great master volume. It's got an effects loop. You can switch the preamp section between EF eighty six and twelve AX seven, which I do when I run that amp. Yeah. I use the 12AX7 as my clean tone. The EF86 is my crunch rhythm tone. And then I hit that with just a boost pedal, and that's my solo tone. So you could essentially use that. Now, it does have a digital reverb on board. Yeah. And the reverb sounds okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it's going to get the job done. But who, yeah, it's gonna get the who job doesn't done. use a pedal these days? Um, yeah, and they have, a, they have a combo version of 112. <clears throat> There's one on reverb right now for 1750. Mm. Man. Well, I mean, I think 
I think we've we've started an interesting conversation. I hate that it, we have to cut this kind of short, but yeah. this is always we something we can out. pick out pick up later. But as at, just to like in the show, I just want to bring up something that that was brought to my attention this week. Um, and we only have like ten minutes left, so <laughs> we can't talk about it too long. Did you see that Fender raised all their prices in a normal deluxe reverb reissue? Is sixteen hundred dollars now, Ooh. and I, I, I was, I was, um, I was taken aback by that. Yeah, dude. At that point, if you're if you're in if you have sixteen hundred dollars in cash to spend on an amp, the sixty five deluxe reverb reissue is not on my radar for sixteen hundred dollars. And the, the hand wired one, uh, which I mean, oh, like to be fair, it's an expensive. I mean, like those are nice. They're very nice. Yeah, they're great. And they amps. sound really they're good. Great. They're twenty nine forty nine. Uh uh-uh. uh no 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 so <laughs> no no sorry uh and and I I'm sorry I, there's a there's a fan and a friend of of the channel that works there and hand wires those amps and I don't mean to offend. Hey, he doesn't set the prices. He just no, he doesn't set the prices. Doing, and doing the and work. I've seen his work personally, and it's great. Mm-hmm. I just. For three grand, if you have three thousand dollars to spend on a guitar amplifier, your money is so much. Dude, you might be able to get towards a a real blackface vintage one for three grand. Uh, 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 they the the mid sixties deluxes are are like they're at four now. It's crazy. Uh, it's bananas. I should have bought it, man. At Righteous three years ago, I made a video with one. They had a real. There was a sixty four blackface and it was a museum piece yeah it was all original it was owned it used to be owned by the editor of i think vintage guitar magazine okay and they were asking three for it you know it, it, hindsight but yeah you know it's it's just one of those things and i see a lot of people in the chat saying well you could buy a vintage silver face or whatever and some of those yeah. like i don't like if you get a drip edge and it's actually like a black panel uh which some of them are some of them aren't uh, just because it's a 68 and it's got a drip edge does not mean it is uh, – it's actually, you know, the the previous circuit. I think most silver face amps are kind of sterile and boring. I don't like silver face fenders. I never have. Having played a lot of them, I just don't I – don't, I don't see the appeal apart from having just another tube amp. Yeah. Um, I don't think fender starts getting interesting again until uh, Rivera starts the making – The Rivera era. You know, Rivera era. So, so I mean, like, like I like drip edge when they are in fact the previous circuit when they are a black panel. What is the price on the fifty seven classic tweed deluxe? What did those? Because I'm assuming they they raised that as well, and that's a slamming amp. Everything went up. Uh, the champ is twelve hundred. The deluxe is twenty three fifty, and Ugh. and the forty watt twin is thirty five hundred dollars. Oh. <laughs> Which no. those are, you know, those are made one well, at a time by hand, and I get it. But at the sure, same time, but holy but cats! At that at that price, you're encroaching like it's the Venn diagram of oh. like vintage versus new. You're starting to get in that crossover point now. The tw- the two grand for the the Tweed Deluxe. Oh, okay, okay, like maybe. Yeah, I have it. It's great. They did send it to me for free a couple years ago, so. Take that with a grain of salt, but mm-hmm. it's a fantastic amp. It's really, really good. When once you start getting into three, though, you're in real, real money territory for 
a guitar amp. Right. And I mean, all of it, all of this is real money, but that's some real ass money. Right there. That's some real ass money, <laughs> some right? Real there. ass shit. Okay. You're right. But like, my first thought is like, what are you getting? Like, how, how much further do you have to go to get into a, oh, never mind. I was going to say a two rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute since mine showed up. Yeah, they're okay. They're fifty seven hundred dollars okay, so for a classic a reverb. No, so you're you're a two rock boy. I'm a divided by thirteen boy. Let's uh, let's look at Fred's prices here. I bet they're um, they're probably not as. I mean, like they're not okay. So no, if you look on, on oh wait, um, is this with a cab? On oh, oh that's with God. a cab. Sorry, that that's not a head in a cab. A head's like forty seven. <sighs> but like to be fair, two rock like all their they get their caps made for them. Like they're like. This this some yeah, next everyone gets shit. their cabs made for them. caps like capacitors. Oh, caps. Okay, sorry. Um, hold on. Let me look at. So divided by thirteen. I don't know that Fred's raises prices. Let me look on Righteous because the thing is, now with these prices going up, maybe we skip a shill of the week and we just because this is a good conversation here. Yeah, we got um, we got five minutes. Uh, I got to right, lock the door. Uh okay, third power. Here's a third. This is it. Righteous guitars. Okay, they got a third power kitchen sink, which is a cool. Head thirty six fifty for the head. Yep, made in Nashville. Uh, made in Nashville. Here's a divided by thirteen AMW thirty nine one twelve combo, which is a killer amp. Great You're root beer for a too. Marshall twenty nine hundred bucks <laughs> for a combo. So that's the one twelve. The AMW thirty nine. There's two of them. Both are twenty nine, and these are with custom Tolex. So these are. I'm gonna drop these in the in the chat here, these are with like, with all the options, you're talking 2,900 bucks. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a park 2650, a park P 75 mm. parks are great. Which, dude, Mitch Colby's work who, who runs park now, his work is phenomenal. They're phenomenal. They're 2,600 bucks at the same level as, as like the hand wired marshals. If not, Oh no, like beyond they're that. above there. Yeah. Beyond that. I mean, um, I, I I think the new Marshall shit's pretty. The, well, the the fifty nine handwired is fantastic. Yeah, that that but, stuff. But Mitch Mitch Colby's work is stupid. Um, there's a two twelve cab, Park two twelve cab. I, I need to go to Righteous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the other divided by thirteen stuff here. Um, man, maybe they sold all of it. But yeah. It's just one of those Lots things. Lots of options. And it's like not to belittle at all what Fender is doing um, no. or to say like they don't deserve it. It's Fender. But – Sure. You know, they have way more overhead and, and all their stuff. All their, their parts are being made for them and, and stuff. But it's like, you know, it's not the same. I think if you are – if you have $3,000 to spend on an amp – which have we, as we've established, is real ass money. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Fender's on the top of my list there. I mean, there's other options. Yeah. And this is subjective. You know, there is that brand loyalty thing. Maybe you got to have the Fender logo. Sure. You got to have the badge. Sure. Great. I get it. I totally get it. But, man, there's some really cool builders out there doing some cool shit for $3,000. Well, I was just, real quick, last thing. Um, like, uh, Victoria. Yeah, Victoria's so, cool too. Uh an Ivy League, that's like a, a Fender Harvard. It's two grand. Um Milkman too. No, I don't I'm not a big fan of milk. I don't know why. I like the milkman stuff. I really like it. Uh Victoria Tim Lux, Marcus is a, a hell of a builder. Three grand. I mean, like most Victorias are like 
they're all sub four and like, okay. Like their basement is 3,200 bucks. Yeah. Quickly. What's a milkman like creamer 20. Let's say right now. Milkman. I hate that you have to get off. Cause I'm like, I know <clears throat> we're having, we're having family dinner. There are $3,000. Okay. Okay. That's a perfect example. If I'm looking for a deluxe and I have $3,000 to spend, Wait, what did Fender raise their prices on the Deluxe to? Uh, oh, the, the hand-wired is twenty nine forty nine. Okay, so <clears throat> I'd, I'd go with the Milkman over the Fender. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> no. I don't – like I, I, I haven't played a Milkman yet that I – that clicked with me. I feel like everyone I got – was messed up or something like they were all no, like they came into the shop. They were, none of them were very bright. They didn't have that chime and that, that fender. It might be thing. that Jupiter speaker that he's using in those, but I like that. I don't, I don't like fender bright, right? Like the bright switch on a fender. It's like, it's bright piercing. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like it. I, I never, never use it. Albert Collins, Iceman cometh. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound good. It yeah. doesn't sound good. Uh, so I don't know, but, and, 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 and again, that's just my taste. So, yeah, this is all subjective, and we're using imaginary money here because mm-hmm. well, I just spent all mine on a plexi. Uh, right. Yeah, and I I spent you know silly money on that yeah. stuff. But um, but I think it's a fun conversation. You know what we should do? What you know what we should do? Wait, that's a fifty watt, right? Yes. Your PRS. Mm-hmm. We should compare. Although it's not a fair comparison, really. But I was going to say we should compare the my plexi versus your plexi well you know it's it's uh it's three decibels different so the, the biggest thing is just the feel um, right I, that's what i'm saying it's not the same it's not but i i would i would be very curious for for us to shoot out the heads with the same cab i mean that cab yeah. rules it's got g12 uh or it's got cream back 75 hertz like like cool. the, it, the cab thumps it's awesome um uh, it thumps dude. baby uh <laughs> got some kickers <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo i got that that sony explode i got those explode amps in the back bro. i got the alpine in the front i got um, yo i gotta take the face yeah put it in though, my pocket i don't want it yeah man i had that i had a, a an alpine and the, for a time i would like click it off and like lock it in my glove box and then i was like no one's gonna break hey, into my accurate integra and take my <laughs> Kids today don't know shit about that. No. Take the faceplate off your head unit to oh, put it in your glove Kids box. today will not know about the the difficulties of literally taking your dash apart to put in a single DIN oh, yeah. CD Dude, player. <laughs> me and all my friends did that on all of our cars. Yeah. We would have these parties where we would like all congregate in one dude's driveway and we'd get all of our tools together and we'd all help each other install speakers and head units and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, my dad. I've been there. He he got on my ass so much because even though I knew how to solder, I was just like electrical taping all that shit together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's like, Sugar oh. Tooth in the chat said, it thumps, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man and it's comments like that that I just made about your amp that uh, is the reason why uh, PRS didn't send me the SE Silver Sky. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. It's okay. I, I'm, I have the strat that I want. I don't need another. Right. One. I, man, I, I'm really curious. I want to play one because, I mean, SEs are great. Anyway, I got to go. I got to get home. Ask ask Mary. She got one. Right. She's got both of them. She's got the the real she, one. and the, Well, they're both real, I guess. But, the you know. real one. She'd just send them to us. Say, hey. Anyway. Apparently, she's coming to town. Oh, really? They're going to let her in? Yeah. 
No, I'm just, well, I guess. just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't they let her in? <laughs> oh. the, the customs guy's like, um, uh, Mary? I didn't agree with what you said in the Silver Sky video, so <laughs> you're not allowed. Oh, God. All right. Well. All right. This has been real. We'll do a longer episode next We will. Week and I feel like... I feel like for um, for our our patrons, maybe uh, occasionally we could hop on just like Instagram. On if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're, we we do have a dipped in tone Instagram. I've logged into it like maybe oh, three times. <laughs> Forgot. Do I even follow it? Probably follow not. It. We don't have very many <laughs> followers. But but thank you all so much for uh, for tuning in. Yes. Thank you, patrons. Leave yes. a comment. Uh, submit your rig to diptontone at gmail if you are a patron and. Uh, I guess we'll. I do follow it, by the way. It's good. Yeah. I guess we'll see everybody. We have one post next week. Next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.